So what are you guys doing for Christmas? Oh, I got the entire family flying in. 13 airport pickups. Four days of listening to how gifted my nieces are. My brother thinks his daughter, the uh, four-year-old, is going to be the next Beyonce. Eh, eh. She's bad. And she sucks. I'm vacationing in tropical Albany this year with Trisha's family. They got us a cot, which is awesome, but we'll probably end up sleeping on the musty couch in the basement with the cats, all seven of them. Oh, and we get to be there the whole week. Kind of sounds like a prison sentence. Why do you guys put yourselves through that? It's Christmas, right? Don't you have to? We don't need to do it anymore. And, and, and we don't. We absolutely don't do it anymore. Then we're done. Why? What are you doing? We're going to Fiji. Yeah. Just the two of us. Fiji. Don't your families get upset? Not if you tell them you're doing charity work. You lie to your families at Christmas time. I mean, you really can't spell families without lies. Try it. But don't you ever feel guilty? For taking a vacation on our vacation? <laughs> no, not really. Yeah! Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Merry Christmas, everybody! Opened up with that uh, scene from uh, Four Christmases. If you haven't seen that one, that's on your uh, playlist for this weekend. Uh, although you'll probably be out at the mall or uh, or sitting in front of your computer ordering last-minute Amazon stuff for Christmas. Um, just so you know, uh, if you guys are looking for gifts for me, I have everything already. So. Uh, you know, send me an email at ed at edhoffman.net and say, hey, we love your show. That's uh, all the Christmas present I need. I know you guys had me on your list. You just weren't sure what to get. But I will tell you, you know what I got uh, uh, from Barbie here at the radio station gave me a, a, a Christmas ornament. I, I posted it on Facebook. Um, it's a uh, it's a MAGA hat. Well, it's a it's a make a, keep America great. And uh, keep America great on the front of the hat, and it says Trump 2020 on the back. That's going to be my favorite ornament on the Christmas tree this year. Uh, that song was, uh, what's it called? It's Christmas. You two, uh, Brooke, who helps me uh, do my uh, show every week, uh, that's her favorite group. So I told her, all right, you two, it is the, the show before Christmas for you. So Merry Christmas, Brooke. Merry Christmas to everybody who listens. Merry Christmas to uh, everybody in uh, Radio Land out there. Hey, so uh, this week, this week was uh, I don't know if I want to use the word historic, but it was historic. We'll be laughing about this week for for years. Um, but uh, and I'll talk about that and all the other crazy stuff that happened happened this week but first let me introduce myself to those of you that don't know me my name is ed hoffman with summit funding 
your home loan experts. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to someone that you can trust, someone that you uh, that uh, thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. And you know what? For those of you that listen every week, that want to talk to me and then send me emails that say, Hey, what's your number? Come on. So anyway, 855-640-2020. If you're going to call me about, if you're calling me about uh, something that has to do with mortgages, it's 855-640-2020. If you want to comment on the show, it's uh, just send me an email at ed at edhoffman.net. Um, so anyway, uh, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about, uh, refinancing a property you own, or you're thinking about buying a property you don't want to own, if you're thinking about buy, if you own properties out of the state of California, or if you're thinking about getting out of the state of California or buying a, a, a vacation home out of the state, uh, or you're just seeing, uh, the state of California swirling around the toilet bowl and you're just not sure that we're going to be able to, uh, be able to save this state before it flushes all the way down. Um, I am licensed in uh, California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Arkansas, Florida, Washington, Idaho, and Ohio. Uh, coming soon to uh, Colorado, Oregon, and Utah. So I should have everybody's favorite place to move if they can't stay in California's place. Call me and finance your properties. If you're over 62 and you're thinking about a reverse mortgage, I heard there was a Google, some Google review about reverse mortgages that are bad. Um, the other day, uh, my trainer told me that he read it. And I, I can guarantee you, anybody who's putting bad stuff about about uh, reverse mortgages hasn't gotten all the facts. Because if you're over 62 and you qualify for a reverse mortgage, you're going to have a hard time saying, Am, is this the right thing for me? It just opens up so many so many opportunities and so much flexibility in your in your finances if you want to learn about that if you really want to know the the right thing to do if you really want to know the straight scoop on that and it's not for everybody but get all the information so you understand 855-640-2020 if you don't want to talk to me but if you want to get information but you don't want to talk on the phone go to edhoffman.net scroll down to the uh the summit funding page which you may not have to scroll i think if you've got it on full screen at edhoffman.net I think you can see the Summit Funding logo. Just click on the logo. It doesn't say click on it, but just click on it. It takes you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. And you may hear directly back from me, and you may hear back from one of my talented teammates, Brian Goodman, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, or or Eric Marquez. And uh, we will help you find the missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, If you want to hear something repeated that I said or share this show, uh, you can get the podcast on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page here. This show is, as well as several past shows. You can also get the same on iCloud or Sound to, uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. iCloud or SoundCloud or SoundTunes. No, SoundCloud or iTunes, where we uh, post the uh, the podcast. And if on iTunes, I don't know about SoundCloud, but on iTunes, you can subscribe for free. Have it download to your uh, your computer, your phone, your iPhone, your iPad, your iWatch. Your uh, mini pad, your maxi pad, your puppy pad, your uh, computer, anything. Uh, I would imagine some cars probably download podcasts right onto the screen of their cars. Um, I'm sure there are some devices I don't know that you can listen to podcasts on. But, you know, I'm uh, I'm not a young kid anymore. So I'll, I'll ask my grandkids over Christmas when I see them. 
where else you can get podcasts, they'll tell me Rowan's eight and uh, and Nolan is going to be six next month. Um, they probably know more than most of us um, about about computers and technology because that's just what kids do. Uh, let's see. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at Ed Hoffman, where I, current, where I tweet about current events all week long, especially if I'm mad. Um, and uh, find the the Facebook pages uh, for the main event. Facebook.com slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. So uh, anyway, let's talk about what's going on this week. Um, as you all know, the House of Representatives impeached President Trump on Wednesday for abuse of power and obstruction of justice. And let me, and let me just preface this. I had at least 20 people texting me, um, texting me or walking into my office and saying, what happened? Did he really get impeached? Okay. For those of you that don't pay attention to what's going on and all of a sudden you see this, the big headlines on the newspaper, Trump impeached. Trump is still our president. He's still going to be our president. He'll be president for five more years. Um, we shouldn't take that for granted because we have to get up and vo- we have to get out of our off of our butts and vote in November. But this this is going to Trump's going to go down as one of the greatest presidents ever, um, probably in history, because he's the only president in recent times that actually says what he means, means what he says. You uh, what you hear is how he what he says is actually how he feels, and he's trying to be as transparent as he can. Um, so, so what, what did they actually impeach him on? They impeached him on abuse of power, which about every president in the first, in the, in the history, I mean, there's been 40, 44 other presidents before Trump. I would say probably 44 of them have been accused, accused of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. I didn't even know obstruction of Congress was a, uh, was a, uh, was a, uh, a, a crime. Um, what was it that uh, Eric Holder got contempt of Congress and what happened to him? Not a damn thing uh, for not producing documents on the fast and furious so they could figure out why we sent guns over to Mexico and why one of our uh, border agents, uh, Brian Terry was dead and uh, who messed up and who's responsible, but he just decided not to uh, give the documents and well, nothing happened to him. So, uh, so this this historic impeachment makes him the third president, Trump, the third president in history, to be charged with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, except for the fact that they didn't identify any high crimes or misdemeanors uh, at all. Uh, not surprisingly, the votes on the two articles of impeachment fell largely along po- largely along pol- uh, party lines, largely more like exactly, except for a couple of defecting uh, Democrats. Republicans united in opposition, and most Democrats voted in favor of impeachment. Um, the abuse of power article passed 230 to 197. 230 to 197. Only two Democrats opposing the, opposing the impeachment. Those Democrats were Colin Peterson of Minnesota. He voted no on both articles. And Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey, who said he plans to switch parties soon and become a Republican. He's a smart guy, and he, he would be the... He would be the second one, I think. Um, the second one that since the that is changing parties. On the obstruction of Congress article, a third Democrat, Jared Golden of Maine, joined the joined Peterson and Van Drew in voting against impeachment. The article still passed with the votes at two twenty nine to one ninety eight. 
One Democrat presidential candidate, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, voted present on both articles. And then she posted something on Twitter talking about how she has to stand for something. My friend Joey Jones uh, forwarded it and said, you voted present. How did you stand for something? All Republicans voted against impeachment. You know, the Republicans all got together together and, and stood on principle and said, this guy didn't commit a crime. He's doing great things for our country. Uh, should we impeach him? No. What we should, should we impeach him for? Uh, even though it was clear it was going to be a party line vote, we still had to listen to two-minute speeches from everyone who wanted to give one on Wednesday, thanks to the House Rules Committee approaching six hours of debate. Six agonizing hours. I'll tell you, uh, I was having a bad day on Wednesday and decided I'm just going to uh, go go home and, and uh, have lunch with my wife. And uh, I'm... I'm uh, driving from my office to the house, which is three miles. And, um, along the way I had to turn off the radio twice because I had it on, uh, I had it on Fox news that was broadcasting this and I'm listening and I just, it's just nauseating. It just makes you want to throw up. Just makes you want to draw your, draw your gun from your belt and shoot a Democrat. But of course I wouldn't do that because that would ruin my life. But it just makes you think about things like that, that these people are just so hateful. And so they just don't have they just don't have any have any common sense. They can't look at this and say, Did he really do something bad for the country? You know, he's we know Joe Biden was over there uh selling influence, selling out our country. Hey, well, our country gave a billion, you know, a billion dollars over there. And he made sure that a million of it a year funneled back to him through his son, Hunter, uh, for no good reason. And uh, and he made sure that they had to protect his son because the the prosecutor over there was investigating the, the, the gas company in Ukraine that was employing his son, which was the only way he can get the money back into his own personal pocket. We know it. He admitted it. But we have to. Uh, we're, but we're going to impeach the president over a phone call because he asked about. You know, it's just not acceptable for somebody to ask about somebody admitting corruption before we hand over another three hundred ninety-one million dollars to a country the other side of the world. Quite frankly, I don't give a crap about uh, Ukraine. Three hundred ninety-one million. I don't know what my little share of that was, but I pay a lot of money in taxes. And I don't know why we have to, you know what? This is what, what Trump does different than other presidents. Hey, we're giving these people tons of money. They don't like us. They don't, they're not loyal to us. They don't have our backs. Why are we giving, why are we giving all this money? You know, when he went over to the UN and NATO and all these other meetings, Hey, you know what? The agreement is we all put in this percentage of our gross national product. You guys don't only the America does. This is not, this is not right. And you know, now, now, three years later, uh, the other countries are are putting in their share. I don't know. I just want I just want a president that president, and I want a mayor, and I want a governor, and I want senators, and I want Congress people that represent me, that represent the people, and care for our money the way that that I would. When you run a business, you make you make decisions on what the right thing to spend money on is because your money. Does this make sense? Am I just throwing money away? Um, because that's how that's how you that's how that's how you do things. 
That's how you, you know, when you're out Christmas shopping, do I need to spend this money on this kid? This kid doesn't like me. Uh, I got to give him a Christmas present. Do I have to buy him an Xbox 360 or could I just give him a $50 gift card? You know, you have to, uh, you have to, uh, to make those decisions based on how much money you have and, and what's right in your mind about how you spend your money. I want someone in our government when they take half my paycheck to make those same decisions because I don't believe we need to be $23 trillion in, in debt. And I don't think we need to be running a giant, a giant deficit except for the people in government other than the president don't, don't uh, serve their fiduciary responsibilities with our money. So anyway, um, Democrats and Republicans getting back to getting back to the impeachment. Democrats and Republicans had three hours apiece to make their case ahead of the votes, and uh, and assure and certainly these people were changing people's minds. Uh, the Democrats' number one case was we're impeaching, impeaching the president for the kids. Today's vote will be judged by future generations, including my precious children, Abby and Nathan, maybe grandkids. I have two grandchildren. My, my granddaughter, Caitlin, is eight, and my grandson, Colin, is four. Someday, a long time from now, they'll ask me about this day. They'll ask about the time a president put himself above the law, and they'll want to know what I did to stop him. One of my daughters asked then how I'd make my decision about impeachment. I told her that when her future children learn about President Trump's impeachment, they may ask, Mommy, what did Grandma do? I want my daughter to be able to tell her children, Grandma did the right thing. I came to Congress to serve the great people of Sacramento and to build a better future for our children and grandchildren, including my grandkids, Anna and Robbie. First of all, let me just say, I taught my children that um, there were consequences if they broke the law. It is my adult son, Ian Schakowsky, whom I will always credit for my decision last June to support an impeachment inquiry. It had never been my goal to impeach a president, but Ian made such a compelling case. Dear Ellie and James, this is a moment that you will read about in your history books. Today, I will vote to impeach the president of the United States, and I want you to know why. He said, Mom, this is not about politics. This is not about party. And pushing back against my arguments, he said, this has nothing to do with the final outcome. It's about doing the right thing. And this, Madam Speaker, this vote is also for my sons and the future. I want to thank you, my son, for helping me do the right thing today, to vote to impeach the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Let the record show that today, justice won, that we did our job that we kept our word, that we stood our sacred ground. Let the record show that we did not let you down. I love you. Listen to mom. Gentlemen's I'll be home soon. Expired. You know what? Uh, give me a break. Hey, I want, but I want my, I want my, uh, I want my, uh, my moment to address my kids like this. So I'm going to say uh, to uh, Don and I's three kids, Brett and Ryan and Casey, and our two grandkids, Rowan and Nolan, um, life is hard. Grandma and I are going to, uh, spend all of our money before we die. So you better get to work and make your own money 
And uh, because life is, you know, life isn't easy unless you work hard. Nobody's going to give you anything. This is the story that this is what we should all be delivering to our kids. Life is tough. Get over it. Get to work. Like Joey Jones says, uh, get up, get over it. Uh, Get up, get over it. Get after it or something like that. I forget his three things that he does. But uh, he has a thing he sends out. And as always, the Democrats are very, very sad about this. So I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the president of the United States. It's with profound sadness that I stand here today in support of these articles of impeachment. I'm saddened that we're here today. Sir, I come to impeachment with deep sadness. I rise on a sad day for America, a sad day for Texas, and a very sad day for the people I represent. This is a sad day for our country and for our democracy. This is indeed a sad day for our country. This is a very sad day. Madam Speaker, this is a sad day in U.S. history. I have to say that this is a sad day. This is a sad day. It is not a day of joy. Saddest day ever in the Democrat Party, complete with smiles, laughter, and high fives. Thankfully, some Republicans were able to make a good case against impeachment despite Democrat theatrics. This week's rock star was Debbie Lesko of Arizona, who got a few extra minutes because some fellow Republicans yielded their time to her. And listen to this clip really close because this is going to be the rock star clip of of, uh, the next few months. Her question, if all this is about a phone call, why were they working on impeachment long before the phone call ever happened? Maybe it's because this thing was always rigged. I serve on the Judiciary Committee. I also serve on the Rules Committee. I have spent hours and hours and hours reading transcripts, looking at documents, hearing testimony. And I can tell you one thing. I believe this is the most unfair, politically biased, rigged process that I have seen in my entire life. The Democrats are really undermining their own own argument here because 17 out of the 24 Democrat members on the Judiciary Committee voted here on this floor to put forward, move forward articles of impeachment on July 17th of this year, before the President Trump's call even took place. And five out of the nine Rules Committee members that are Democrats did the same thing. So if your argument is that this phone call is the main reason for this impeachable offense, why did you vote for impeachment, moving impeachment forward before the call even took place? Bam! That was the superstar moment. And there were a lot of superstar moments in this. You know, for Jim Jordan and Doug Collins and, and uh, Devin Nunes, all these guys that, that testified. And all, all the Republicans were, were common sense, straightforward facts. While the Democrats were solemn sadness. And this is what I have to do for my kids. And you know what? And what I have to do for my kids... I have to, I have to leave the, when I leave this earth, they're going to say, dad was an honorable guy. Dad taught us how to, how to live our lives. Mom taught us how to be good people. And, and we, we go forward capable of taking care of ourselves and teaching our kids the same thing. And we don't have to regret anything. 
So anyway, uh, that was uh, that was Wednesday. Was that Wednesday? It was Tuesday? So I don't know. It was uh, it was Wednesday, I think. Uh, anyway, after uh, it was Wednesday. Yeah, that was that was Wednesday. All right, cool. So uh, after the vote, the usual press uh, suspects gave a press conference to bask in the glory, and that's exactly what they did because they came out looking, sounding, and thanking each other like they just won the Oscars. After the break, I'm going to play you some clips from that. So don't go away. Uh, stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And I'll be back with second half of the main event. to the main event merry christmas weekend everybody try to be nice the malls are ugly out there don and i were in the mall the other night buying christmas gifts for uh, we sponsored a foster care agency uh don and i and our employees and some family members all kicked in and we bought a we bought christmas gifts for 147 147 146 I don't know, 100, somewhere in there, the 146 or 147 uh, foster kids that may not have a Christmas presence at all if it wasn't for uh, us donating and uh, for a great organization called uh, Creative Solutions for Kids. And uh, we've done this like seven years in a row. And it was, uh, it's really good, feels good to know that you're helping these kids out, especially when you meet them. Uh, but you know what? Being in the mall is just not my place. I just do not, I don't like shopping. My, uh, my, my theory is Christmas buying season starts on the 22nd of December every year. And you, uh, you think about it, you think about what you want to get everybody all December. And then on 22nd, you get in there and you buy it. You don't shop around. You don't do any of that stuff. You just go buy it and get over with and, uh, then celebrate on Christmas. So, uh, anyway, so that's uh, what I do, you know, so try to keep your blood pressure down while you're in the mall. Uh, the only time I go to the mall now, other than, other than that one was, uh, to go to the movies. So anyway, so I can get some uh, clips for you guys and there, Oh, you know what? I saw, uh, Richard Jewell last week. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Um, for those of you that don't know the story and, and I can say I knew the story, but I didn't know the whole story. It is phenomenal. And I think, uh, Clint Eastwood is an American patriot, American hero, and he's he's sending a message to America to say, see what happens when the United States government and the media are locked, uh, locked, lock arms and and get in a get in a campaign together. Go see there and go see that movie and be awakened. Um. So anyway, that's a great movie. So anyway, uh, so we were talking about the impeachment. We talked about. How solemn the how solemn the Democrats are. We talked about the the uh, the arguments against it, and uh, the next morning, the next or after the vote, the that the, they had a press conference so they could bask in their glory and uh, come out sounding uh, looking looking and sounding like they're uh, they just won an Oscar. Here's the Nancy Pelosi. 
I could not be prouder or more inspired by, than by the moral courage of the House Democrats. We never asked one of them how they were going to vote. We never whipped this vote. We saw the vote. Well, you saw the public statements that some of them made. We saw the result when everyone else did. Uh, the, the statements on the floor about patriotism. You know what? Like I said earlier, you know what I like about Trump? If he feels some way, that's what he says. You can, you can bet you know where Donald Trump, I don't care if you like him or not, but you know where he stands. And, uh, and you'll, you'll find in the next few minutes that Pelosi's just full of crap. And what she says there, what she, what she says there, how happy she is about this, I don't think that's really the truth. At one point, Pelosi left the stage and came back, back up directly to address the ghost of Elijah Cummings. Just want to add that one person who isn't with us physically in this room, but I know is present, was present all day for the deliberations. Our former, our chair of the uh, Gov Reform, uh, our oversight committee chair, our North Star, Elijah Cummings. He said, when the history books are written about this tumultuous era, I want them to show that I was among those in the House of Representatives who stood up to lawlessness and tyranny. He also said, somewhat presciently, uh, when we're dancing with the angels, the question will be, what did you do to make sure we kept our democracy intact? We did all we could, Elijah. We passed the two articles of impeachment. The president is impeached. Yeah, the president is impeached. Bull. So, uh, you know, Elijah Cummings wanted to make sure he stood up for what was right, but he didn't stand up for the people he was elected to represent. And let his city of Baltimore just uh, go down the tubes. And kind of like uh, what we're seeing in Los Angeles, you know, rodents and trash, homelessness, and uh, who knows what's coming, kind of diseases from all that. Here's uh, Adam Fulashiff. I just want to close by thanking the speaker for guiding the Congress through this tumultuous time. There's no one, I think, who could have guided the Congress with a steadier hand or with more insight and intellect than the Speaker of the House. Uh, and I also want to thank my colleagues in particular, so many new members of the House who have displayed such courage, who have shown that they truly have the courage of their convictions. Thank you. I wanted to, I wanted to end that one with a clip from Pulp Fiction, but uh, Dan, the engineer here, wouldn't let me put it in. A, you know, a little, uh, well, let's not... Uh, anyway, those of you that seen Pulp Fiction or that know me know exactly the scene I wanted to put right there. Anyway, and uh, and what's an impeachment Oscar speech without every Democrat's new favorite catchphrase? Here's Jerry the Weeble Nadler. I want to thank Speaker Pelosi, Chairman Schiff, my fellow investigative chairs, and all of my colleagues who today defended the principles upon which our nation was established. Today, the House of Representatives did its constitutional duty. Today, we lived up to our responsibility to the American people by taking action to defend our national security, to preserve our democratic elections, and to show that no one, not even the president, is above the law. Yep, no one's above the law. Well, except for uh, Barack Obama and Eric Holder and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and uh, uh, Attorney General, uh, what's her name, Lynch? I uh, can't remember her first name right now. Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch. 
Um, don't forget about uh, the people at the IRS. Uh, and don't forget about uh, don't, and don't forget about Schiff and uh, and Nadler and Pelosi and all those uh, people. And uh, of course, Gavin Newsom too. Uh, but we'll find out what's going on there. So uh, so what's supposed to come next is the trial in the Senate. Okay, pay attention, folks, if you don't understand all this stuff, because uh, there's a whole bunch of you. And make sure you talk about this at Christmas because your kids don't understand because they're uh, they're just not paying attention. So what's supposed to come next is a trial in the Senate when uh, when the House Pat passed uh, impeachment proceedings in the House in 1999 against uh, Bill Clinton. It went to the Senate within 10 minutes. So I'm recording on Friday. They passed this Wednesday, and um, so that's what Thursday, Friday. So it's only been two days. It seems like it's been three days, but it hasn't gone to the Senate yet. So what? So uh, the Democrats uh, who insist they left town. Oh yeah, this was important to get done, but they can't leave town. So uh, the same Democrats who insisted that the future of democracy depended on impeaching Donald Trump, this week all of a sudden want to take their sweet time to send the articles to the Senate. That's because they want to get their own witnesses in the trial. They want to get a guarantee that these witnesses get in trial. They didn't allow that in the uh, uh, for the Republicans when it was in the House, but they want to get a guarantee. Once again, here's Adam steaming pile of Schiff uh, insisting that the only fair trial is one that puts the entire Trump White House on the stand. The President of the United States has been impeached for now only the third time in history. The President of the United States should be tried. And the question is now whether Senator McConnell will allow a fair trial in the Senate, whether the majority leader will allow a trial that involves witnesses and testimony and documents, a trial that should be fair to the President, yes, but should be fair also to the American people. The American people want to hear from people like John Bolton. American people want to hear from people like Mick Mulvaney. The American people want to see what's in those documents that the president has been hiding at the State Department, in the Office of Management and Budget, in the White House itself. Yeah, he forgot to say the people want to have the Republicans question Adam Schiff about how this whistleblower thing actually started and what kind of what kind of crooked, uh, corrupt things he did to get this thing started. People want to hear from Hunter Biden explain why, what value he brought to Burisma and why the why the Ukrainians were giving him a million dollars a year to be on the board of it, the board of directors for a company that he doesn't have any knowledge in that business. He doesn't even speak their language. Uh, what value that he brought for that, other than the fact that his dad was vice president and his dad got them a billion and a half dollars, uh, and that's how they filtered it back through to him. The American people want to know everything that's going on. They want to know how corrupt Pelosi is. They want to know how corrupt all this stuff is. They want to see all those people on the stand. And I suspect we will see it all. So uh, that was Wednesday night. Thursday morning, Mitch McConnell reacted on the Senate floor. Following House Democrats' rush to impeachment, Following weeks of pronouncements about the urgency of the situation, the House Democrat prosecution seems to have gotten cold feet and to be unsure of whether they even want to proceed to the trial. Yeah, remember, if this thing, uh, they want to be able to say, hey, we impeached the president. The impeachment doesn't happen unless it goes to the Senate. Okay? And the Senate has to have their trial. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see that. So, but they want to be able to 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 uh, drag this out so they can say the 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 president's impeached, 
And Pelosi's weekly press conference was dominated by this, of course. Interestingly, her sad, solemn attitude toward impeachment on Wednesday was replaced by one of joy and elation the very next morning. We've been hearing from people all over the country in the last, since last night and this morning. Seems like people have a spring in their step. Yeah, they got a spring in their step. Everything's happy. Everything is awesome. Is that a Legos movie thing? Anyway, so uh, everything's great for for the, the Democrats. Um, but they don't want to let it go to the next step to actually complete it. Because they know that's not going to be happy because they know what they did is big pile of BS. So uh, when it came to uh, why she won't send the articles to the Senate yet, she got a little testy. That is where you put the managers. I was not prepared to put the managers in that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. Frankly, I don't care what the Republicans say. Yeah, well, sorry, Nancy. You're not the queen of the world. And you don't do anything in the Senate. You might be the Speaker of the House for another um, one year, I guess. Um, but that's not going to be the case after the election. Well, I guess she will be for another uh, month and a half after the election. Um, but what's the real reason that Nancy's refusing to send the articles to the Senate? Here's a few ideas. Maybe it's because she has no backbone. Maybe because she has no spine. Maybe she has no uh, gut. She has no... Uh, honor um and uh lets the far left of her party run the show and never believed in impeachment in the first place which is probably the truth uh or maybe it's it's to help her party in the election because there's five senators running for president who would have to leave the campaign trail right before the iowa caucus if this trial started too quickly so we don't want to let the senators have any uh, competitive advantage and also if the presidents get to pick all the witnesses, there will be a whole lot of focus on Joe and Hunter Biden. So, uh, you know, and Hunter and, of course, Adam Schiff and all, you know, Biden running for president. I don't know how they believe Biden could be the president. He's just not coherent. He doesn't he doesn't know where he's at. And according to uh, something I read on the Internet, his uh, uh, Obama's uh, physician who Apparently did some uh, some uh, medical um, some medical uh, examinations on uh, the vice president in the last uh, in the last administration said that Biden's got a lot of medical problems. He's got a lot of medical issues, and uh, you know when you got a lot of medical issues and you're uh, gonna be you're about seventy eight years old, he'll be uh, he'll be eighty two by the end of his at end of his first uh, term, which he'll never see. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, health problems hit you harder when you're older. And he's got health problems, not to mention uh, mental problems. Uh, so speaking uh, of the election, there was a debate Thursday night. And there were, and here's what Joe Biden said about those mean Republicans who dare to question, who dare to question, to ask questions about his sweet, innocent, almost 50-year-old little boy. And if anyone has reason to be angry with the Republicans and not want to cooperate, it's me. The way they've attacked me and my son and my family. I have no, no, no love. But the fact is, we have to, we have to be able to get things done. Oh, we just feel so sad for you, Joe. It's just so unfair that people are, are pointing their fingers at you um, because you have never done anything wrong. Uh, so let's talk about the rest of the debate. Only seven candidates qualified for this month's debate. 
Somehow Tom Steyer made the cut while Cory Booker and Tulsi Gabbard did not. Hmm. I'm not sure how that happened. So to qualify, the candidates had to get 4% in at least four polls that met the DNC's criteria or 6% in two early state polls. Plus donations. Here's the part that I don't know how Tom Steyer got. Plus donations from 200,000 unique donors with a minimum of 800 from at least 20 different states. They had until Thursday to meet the requirements. So Tom Steyer, most people don't even know who he is. And uh, he's been an also, and also, oh, by the way, Tom Steyer's here too at all the, at the other debates, um, which he didn't get into after the first two or three of them. So he's been in two or three, maybe this was his third debate. Um, Might have been his second one, but he's, I think it was his third. Um, People don't really know him, but somehow he got 800, 800 uh, donors from 20 states to give, to give donations to a billionaire. I will tell you, when uh, when Trump was running, I didn't give any money to his to his uh, campaign. You know, I know people did. I gave I gave to local campaigns, but you know what? Trump's a, a billionaire. He doesn't need any money, and he's running it lean, and he didn't he didn't need any. I'm not saying don't donate to him this year. I'm just saying people are going to be slow, especially before he's the candidate. People are going to be slow to to give money to Tom Steyer because he doesn't need it. So uh, how did he absolutely had that, and he wasn't really doing anything to get it? I don't know. Booker and Gabbard both hit the threshold for fundraising, but not the polls. Gabbard was one poll away from qualifying, but said she would not attend the debate even if she qualified because there's some kind of uh, labor dispute going on in Los Angeles. I don't know if it's LAX or somewhere where the you know the people that clean toilets at the airport aren't getting enough money, not getting a living wage. Because they, you know, after studying, studying so hard the the science of cleaning a toilet properly and sweeping up and doing that, you know, you should be able to you should be able to support a family of six on a wage for doing an important job like that. Naturally, the first question in the impeachment was about impeachment in the in the uh, debate, which gave all the senators on stage an opportunity to work in some of their talking points. President was impeached, and everyone now in the Senate who's taken a constitutional oath to uphold our Constitution. We have a president who is running the most corrupt administration in the modern history. If President Trump thinks that he should not be impeached, he should be not scared to put forward his own witnesses. I think uh, Trump is is wants to show his own witnesses, but his attorneys probably said, you're not going in that, in that BS uh, hearing they did. And, uh, you know, and at, one point, I think uh, uh, Joe Biden even said, well, now that Trump's out of the way, hey, Joe, you're showing your senility. Uh, Trump's still there. Trump's still the president, and he'll still be the president when one of you one one of you uh, incompetents is on stage with him uh, going mano a mano against him. They're gonna, he's going to eat your lunch. So one of the big topics of the night was the economy. How can a Democrat beat Trump in this great economy? And uh, won't additional taxes slow uh, slow growth down? Um, Elizabeth Warren, who's proposing the biggest tax hike since World War II, said this. Let's start with a wealth tax. The idea of a two-cent tax on the great fortunes in this country, $50 million and above. For two cents, what can we do? We can invest in the rest of America. 
We can provide universal childcare, early childhood education for every baby in this country age zero to five. Universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old and raise the wages of every childcare worker and preschool teacher. We can do even more for our public schools, for college graduates. We can cancel student loan debt. But think about the economic impact of that. You'll leave two cents with the billionaires. They're not eating more pizzas. They're not buying more cars. We invest that 2% in early childhood education and childcare. That means those babies get top-notch care. It means their mamas can finish their education. It means their mamas and their daddies can take on real jobs, harder jobs, longer hours. And we can increase productivity in this country, and we can start building this economy from the ground up. Hey, you know what? I don't want, I wouldn't want my kids uh, to stay with uh, government childcare workers um, so I can work more hours. If I was a mom, I would want my, I would want, as a dad, I would want my mom home with the kids. I would want my mom, I want their mom, my wife, uh, home with the kids so we can raise our kids right. And, you know, the only person that's going to pay two cents are people that have $50 million and one. And because uh, that's the two cents. The reality of it is people that have that kind of money are people that created jobs. And if you have a hundred, if you had a hundred million dollars, you pay two cents per dollar uh, for every dollar that you have, for every dollar of, of uh, net worth that you have above $50 million that you already paid taxes on. So if you have a hundred million dollars in net worth, you're paying one million dollars. It's not one. It's not two cents. It's a million dollars. If you have two hundred million, after a hundred million, it goes to six percent, six cents on every dollar. So from one. So if you have assets of two hundred million, and I don't have that. Okay, I'm not. I'm not that that wealthy, and uh, so I'm not worried about me. But the people that do have that earned it. $200 million worth of assets means $7 million a year of extra extra taxes on money that you accumulated that you already paid taxes on. Someone someone more uh, only only slightly more reasonable on the economy was uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Yes, we must deliver big ideas. And yes, taxes on wealthy individuals and on corporations are going to have to go up. We can also be smart about the promises we're making. Make sure there are promises that we can keep without the kind of taxation that economists tell us could hurt the economy. It's why, for example, I propose that we make college free for 80% of Americans, but it doesn't have to be free for the top. If you're in that top 10%, how about you pay your own tuition and we save those dollars for something else that we could spend them on that would make a big difference, whether it's infrastructure, childcare, housing, health. On issue after issue, we've got to break out of the Washington mindset that measures the bigness of an idea by how many trillions of dollars it adds to the budget or the boldness of an idea by how many fellow Americans it can antagonize. We should make sure everybody has college for free. Hey, let me give let me give you guys all a message to send to your kids and your grandkids. You don't have to go to college to make a good living in this in this in this world right now. You don't have to go to college. If you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a scientist, yes, engineer. But if you, but this is the information age, not the industrial age. You don't need a college degree to live a, a excellent life. I don't have one, and I'm living an excellent life. Speaking of Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren decided it was her turn to 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 turn on her nemesis, attacking him for having too nice of a fundraiser or something. 
The mayor just recently had a fundraiser that was held in a wine cave full of crystals and served $900 a bottle wine. He had promised that every fundraiser he would do would be open door, but this one was closed door. Billionaires in wine caves should not pick the next president of the United States. I am the, literally the only person on this stage who's not a millionaire or a billionaire. This is the problem with issuing purity tests you cannot yourself pass. If I pledge, if I pledge never to be in the company of a progressive Democratic donor, I couldn't be up here. Senator, your net worth is 100 times mine. Now, some of uh, of uh, Joe Biden's final remarks were clearly intended to be heartwarming, but you can uh, you can be the judge of that it begins with him telling Elizabeth Warren to stop bragging about all the selfies she takes. Continues with a claim that he and Jill uh, give out their personal cell phone numbers to voters that they meet, and ends with uh, an interesting impression of a child he met on the campaign trail. You're not the only one that does selfies, Senator. I've done thousands of them, thousands of them. And the crew that follows me can tell you, there's not one line I go through that I don't have at least a half a dozen people come up and hug me and say, can you help me? I just lost my daughter 10 days ago. Can you help me? Tell me I'm going to be okay. Can you help me? I just lost. And they go and lay out their problems. My wife and I have a call list of somewhere between 20 and 100 people that we call at least every week or every month to tell them I'm here. I give them my private phone number. They keep in touch with me. The little kid who says, I can't talk, what do I do? I have scores of these young women and men who I keep in contact with. Yeah, well, it's uh, just heartwarming, and uh, we wonder if that uh, stutter was intentional or what that was Biden. Hey, anyway, folks, I'm all out of time for this episode of The Main Event. Have a merry, very merry Christmas. Be good to each other. Talk to your kids, and uh, thanks for listening to The Main Event. My name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back in with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DREID number 1026558, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.